All right, a little happy birthday to start off the, the show today. Two very big historical monuments were dedicated on this day, you know, years apart. In 1886 on this day, it was the Statue of Liberty. President Grover Cleveland was there for the dedication of the statue uh, there in uh, New York Harbor. And then on uh, this day in 1965, St. Louis's Gateway Arch was completed and dedicated. And Robert Steinbach is with us. Robert, do you know why they put up the uh, the arch in St. Louis? Meaning what it's supposed to represent? I yeah. Think it's the gate. Something about the gateway of commerce from the east to west or something like that? Well, the uh, after 1812, the... Uh, the, ba- the main place where people were kicking off to head to westward uh, expansion here in the United States was St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Tens mm-hmm. of thousands of people had moved there. And mm-hmm. so uh, they wanted to commemorate that. Of course, um, uh, Lewis and Clark kicked off from St. Louis on their famous trip. So they, they built Do the arch there. you remember that, Dave? Were no, I, I, I was not there. I, I'd <laughs> like were to, out of town. I, would, right? I, I, did, I did date Sakowicz, you know, the... the oh, Sakowicz, yeah, Sakowicz. Yeah, Sakowicz. yeah I, 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 date, I dated her in high not school. Pocahontas? <laughs> <laughs> no, not Pocahontas. All right. There you go. Anyway, I thought that we would remember that. I mean, those are two yeah, big, big monuments that everybody should see. In fact, over 4 million people uh, go to St. Louis every year just to see uh, that monument. Pretty I amazing. I've got to tell you, I've been to St. Louis several times. I think it's an absolutely wonderful city, a pretty city, a fun city, an entertaining city. Um, and it's kind of a little bit of a secret. Maybe that's an overstatement. But I think it's, you know, it's relatively close to here. Yeah. And if you want to get away, I think it's a fun place to go. Memphis, of course, is even closer. Also a fun place to go. And, of course, Little Rock has a bunch of fun things to do. But sometimes you just want to get away. Yeah, but you got to have a gun to protect yourself. Well, there's some truth to that, although St. Louis uh, has some safety issues as well. Yes, they do. Of course, where you go, yeah. And then they'll take away your guns uh, if you defend yourself at your home. Oh, is that where that guy was when he was... uh, And his wife. Then the wife, right, right. That famous scene where the husband and the wife were standing out front of their house when uh, some crowds sort of broke into a gated community and were doing violent acts. And then they came after him yep. uh, uh, for uh, having his AR-15. Because after all, I say with full sarcasm, to be clear, uh, you know, the AR-15 is a weapon of war, according to the left, right? <laughs> I, nonsense. I know it is. It is nonsense. All right. So I've got you on for two hours today. Chris can't make it today. He was he was up in St. Louis of all places yesterday and didn't get into very late this morning. So we wanted to uh, we gave him the day off. He'll be back with us next week and we'll have uh, we'll be talking next week about the elections big time because we'll be just a couple of days away from uh, November 8th. That's right. That's right. But a lot of people are voting early, and it's, it's a little bit dangerous. I'm not against early voting to the extent that some other people are totally against it. Mm. I'm skeptical, I will say, you know, meaning I think the closer you can vote to Election Day, the better off you are, because you just don't know what information is going to come out between the early voting day and 
the actual election day. Yeah, you, also simp- you, mean, you mean like uh, Fetterman, right? I mean, over right, seven, right. almost 700,000 people had voted in Pennsylvania before that debate. Then they watched the debate and they were saying, whoops. That's right. That's right. So it is one of those things, I think, that generally you want to wait till you get as much information as you can. But with that said, let's say you know you're not going to be able to vote on Election Day. Well, it's better to vote early than not vote at all. So, it's you know, there's a there's a balance to be struck. Let's put it that way. Hey, I got to say this uh, whole thing about Fetterman. It's been to me very very entertaining listening to the left now suddenly saying about ableism and all the stuff they're coming up with uh, with the new york times and the washington post and uh i've been looking i've been watching my twitter feed just reading what people have to say i uh max brantley this morning i happened to pull him up and uh, he made the statement he says uh it's nice to know that democrats uh, understand that you know people who have disabilities uh you know running for office no big deal and he talked about chris jones and they were talking about this lady that was deaf in her right ear and this and that and 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 i and another guy posted yeah i've got one of those blue license plates talking about a handicapped uh, mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. you know license plate well i've got a mm-hmm. i got a, a a sign that i hang from my you know my uh, rearview mirror that says that uh, I can pa- park in a handicap zone if I so desire because mm-hmm. of the the operation I had on my right foot the right. what what they tend to try to not talk about is how serious the disab- uh, the, the disability is on is it bothering your cognitive thinking and i think well, if you yeah. watched any of that uh debate you would have to say that Fetterman's got some serious problems, and he should release his medical records. If they're not saying anything uh, in the medical records that would say that he shouldn't be running, then release him. There's a woman who's running uh, here in Little Rock, I think for city council. I'll look up her name. I can't remember her name offhand. I apologize in advance because she's nice and she's bright. And it turns out you wouldn't know it if you met her. She's only got one leg. She discuss, she discusses it in her campaign, and that's how uh, I discovered it or I learned about it. And then if you look very closely, you'll see a, like a slight limp. But apparently she's lived that way for so many years that you can't even tell. It's really remarkable and good for her for dealing with that disability. And, you know, uh, I don't have to deal with it. You have a partial foot disability that sort of puts you closer to me, but somewhere between the two. Right. So uh, all three of us, the woman with one leg, you with an injured foot, me with both legs, none of us can play professional basketball. The two of you may rely on your disability. I, my disability is um, short and old. Okay, so I can't play. Uh, and by the way, when I was young, I was still short, and uh, uh, but I still couldn't play basketball. Right. Um, so the point is, disabilities affect different abilities. So if if we're talking about uh, the three of us playing basketball professionally, it ain't going to happen. The three of us could easily run for office, two of whom already have, and you may in the future. So that makes all three. So the same thing with Fetterman or anybody else. What is the disability? How does it affect 
the skill set necessary to accomplish the job. Joe Biden has a mental disability. I don't think anyone can legitimately dispute that, and it does affect negatively his ability to do the job. Well, yeah, cognitively. I mean, yesterday in his speech, he said that uh, gasoline, when he came into office, was $5 a gallon. No, it wasn't. It wasn't even close to that. It's really remarkable. Yeah, I you know know, people need to take these kind of things into consideration. Now, either Mm -hmm. he has a disability of he can't remember or he's just a flat out, you know, serial liar, one or the other. I particularly think that it's the latter, not the former. There's a there's a it's a true story about and I'm going to mess up the verbiage, but there was a candidate for the Supreme Court uh, who didn't get onto the Supreme Court. And um, he uh, was before the Senate committee, I believe. And um, I can't remember if Huckstra, I think that's the name. I think that was the name of the senator asking him, uh, albeit it might be him, the the candidate. It doesn't matter. Anyway, someone said, well, you know, that candidate, he's not very bright. Uh, Yeah, and I think it was this Senator Huckstra, I may be messing up his name as well, by the way, um, who said, well, you know, even the mediocre intelligent people need some representation on the Supreme Court. (laughs) Well, I'm not sure that that's the best argument for putting someone who's not that bright on the Supreme Court, right? Oh, my. I like that. That's a good story. Very good, Robert. Funny story. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I I knew the names better, but nonetheless, that's the substance of it. All right. Robert Steinbach is here with me. Of course, he's a uh, law professor over at the Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his and his alone and not necessarily those of the School of Law, nor of the uh, university that they're uh, attached to. I'm Dave Ellswick. We're going to be with you uh, talking about uh, the uh, constitutional issues here in just a moment when we come back from a break, and we'll look at issues one, two, three, and 4. We'll tell you how we voted and uh, how I think it would be a good idea for you to vote, and I'll make our arguments uh, on them. And we'll talk about them. But we got to do that after I tell you about Hillcrest Designer Jewelry and what Eric Coleman is doing over at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry at 3000 uh, Cavanaugh. He is open Monday through Saturday, 10 till 6. So don't call him now and don't show up at his at his door right now. He'll not be there to let you in. And he's got great uh, displays of all kinds of uh, jewelry that uh, you can look at and get ideas from or if you want to buy some of it you know earrings or necklaces or rings or whatever baubles that you want to buy he's got it uh, if you've uh, been given some estate jewelry you want to know what it's worth take it into him and he'll appraise it for you he's got that ability as well if you want to take that uh, jewelry and have it melted down and made into something else he can do that for you maybe you want to take jewelry given to you by your mother or grandmother melt it down have it made into a ring have it made into a necklace so that uh, it's something unique that you can remember that person uh, by also he does unique creations i've been telling you what i'm doing uh, for my wife and i i'm getting something uniquely made by uh, eric coleman i was over to visit him uh, about a week and a half ago and uh, if you've listened to my show long enough you know that i'm a christ follower and jesus was a jew and paul tells us that uh, we who are gentiles and uh, 
have been saved by by Christ, that we've been, uh, you know, made part of the Jewish faith. And because of that, I'm having a Star of David fashioned, and in the middle, I'm having a cross put on it. And to show my Judeo-Christian belief system for myself and for my wife. So that's what's coming up for Christmas at the under the Ellswick's uh, Christmas tree or in the stocking. I haven't made up my mind yet uh, for my wife and myself. And Eric Coleman is doing it for me. Now, if you want something unique made, get over there now because uh, he gets about another five or ten orders. He's not going to have time to get them all done by Christmas. Again, he's at 3000 Cavanaugh, open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6. Just stop by and talk to him. That's what I do. And it uh, takes you about a half an hour usually to flesh out what it is that you want done. Or if you're just looking for wedding rings, engagement rings, or whatever uh, else that you're looking for, this is a guy who can save you 20% off the big box stores. That's Eric Coleman and Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. 22 minutes after 6 on a Friday. Glad that it's Friday. I'm looking forward to my weekend. Looking forward to the Razorbacks going to Auburn. It's going to be a tight game, but I believe the Razorbacks will win it. They should win it. And uh, Razorbacks, uh, I believe their program uh, is on its way up. But I believe the Auburn program has yet to find the uh, the cellar floor, and they're they're looking for it. They just haven't found it yet. So uh, it's going to be, I think, a good game. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Of course, you know and I know that we just don't know which Razorback team might show up. The real fired-up Razorback team that is bound and determined not to let somebody beat them or the one that kind of comes in lackadaisical, and it is an early start. It's an 11 a.m. start, and that's hard to do. It really is hard to do. I mean, uh, it means you got to get up early, uh, you got to get you eat early, you get ready early. It's it's it takes its toll on you as you get ready uh, to play the game. All right, so uh, Robert Steinbach is with me. We're going to talk about the constitutional issues uh, that are on the ballot. Uh, we'll start with number one, and uh, Robert, number one is one that the uh, the Senate and the House put up, and what it says is that uh, with so many signatures on a letter uh, from the uh, president pro tem of the Senate or from the, uh, you know, the head honcho over there in the House, uh, they can uh, call a special session uh, without the governor's approval. They can call it themselves. I like this particular piece of legislation. I know that some of the Guys that are out there that when the legislation legislature or legislature is not in session, they figure they can be at play and doing things. Uh, but uh, I want to see them have the exact same amount of power as what the governor has. And if the governor can call a special session, I believe they should be able to call a special session. What do you think? That's an important point, Dave. The legislature doesn't work for the governor, right? That's correct. So why is it the governor that determines when the legislature <clears throat> comes into session? Remember, the legislature only meets three months every other year. That's 90 days <clears throat> Excuse me, out of 
700 and what you know 365 times two right so over 700 days they meet 90 days to do substantive legislation for the people that's it and remember also if and here's the key if if you're a conservative and you're listening to the dave ellswick show and you remember when the governor was imposing mandates on businesses the legislature wanted to address that, and they couldn't. No. Because the governor didn't call him into session. He, I'll tell you this, the governor ain't no dummy. He's not going to call the legislature into session when he knows they're going to do something that he doesn't want. They only, he only calls him into session when he knows the legislature will do something that the governor wants. So having the governor call the legislature into session is never a check on the governor because he ain't going to call them in when they're going to do something he don't like. That's right. And right. And when he made these mandates, all the conservatives wanted to do something about it and their hands were tied. And what happened? Some of the conservatives filed lawsuits. Yeah, I was part of one of them. That's right. That's exactly right. You were part of one of those lawsuits. That's what it took. And then eventually, the governor backed down on the mandate issue. He said, well, okay, I'm going to end these things now. You know, the emergency's over. Okay. I don't know what emergency, but whatever. Right? Why? Because the legislature put pressure on the governor. Now, they could have done that much easier had they been able to call themselves into session. Remember when they were in session, I testified before the legislature against mandates. And who testified against me? In favor of mandates? Of course, the Chamber of Commerce did. Yeah, Randy, Randy Zook. That's exactly right, Randy Zook. Because Randy Zook likes to be able to impose corporate mandates on workers. And you know what he doesn't like? Having to answer to the legislature. So we want the legislature to call themselves into session to defend our rights. So then people say, well, you know, that first of all, we don't need a permanent legislature, and all they're going to do is call themselves in and, no. and enact a bunch of bad laws. Come on now. Now, how often do you think these part-time legislators are going to want to come to Arkansas, excuse me, to Little Rock, uh, to, to write laws? Not a lot, only during an emergency. And you need to get enough votes, et cetera, to make it happen pursuant to the provisions anyway. It's not like one guy can call the legislature back into session. Yeah, this it's, going it's to gonna, gonna, they're only going to call this call themselves into session if in the legislature they've already basically come to an That's agreement right. about what they That's want right. to do. That's exactly right. And they're only going to come to an agreement if there if there's a consensus on a conservative, important issue that mm-hmm. needs to be done right now. Because if it can be done later, they'll do it later. And it's only going to happen with conservatives because we're a largely conservative, I mean, overwhelmingly conservative legislature. So, folks, this is for your protection. And it's really remarkable. This, and then when we get to issue three, you'll see how I'm banging my head against a wall in frustration. Because this is a decidedly pro-conservative, pro-people issue. And yet, 
folks have been hoodwinked into thinking the opposite. That's more so on issue three, when we get to issue three. It's really a shame. We all agree on the merits of issue, uh, 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 yeah, underlying issue three, but a lot of folks are not understanding the language of issue three because it's very complicated. And from time to time, you got to go to the doctor for medical treatment because you can treat yourself for little things, but when it comes to the big things, you got to go to the doctor. And on issue three, you got to go to the doctor. Uh, anyway, we'll get to the, issue three. The big, big, big three. one seems to be, and we'll be talking about, is issue four. There is more yes. disinformation coming out from that side, uh, the people who want to uh, pass it, than any of the other issues, and we'll talk about that as well. Right now, though, we're going to get some news. We're going to get uh, focus on the family for you right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. That's all coming your way. Then Robert Steinbach and I and myself will be back. Uh, I think we can say vote I, vote yes on issue one. We'll be back to talk about issue two in a moment. We move into now uh, talking about issue two with Robert Steinbach. And Robert is a uh, law professor at the Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his alone. Now, when I went into the break, I said that both of us would say vote yes on uh, issue one. I uh, kind of spoke for myself. I also was speaking for you. I want to make sure that was true. You say also vote oh, yes. yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Vote yes on issue one. Uh, um, Issue one restores power to the people by allowing the legislature from time to time, rare as it will be, to call itself into session rather than having to rely on someone else, the governor, to call in the legislature. By the way, two thirds of the states in America have this option. So yet again, Arkansas is behind the curve. Two-thirds of the states in America have the option for the legislature to call itself into session. Well, it's the voice of the people. That's right. It's exactly right. The legislature is the voice of the people. And so <clears throat> you want to give them the ability to call themselves into session from time to time, and it will be quite rare. But remember, when you want that to happen, you want it to happen. Like when the governor imposed mandates and we the people were not too happy about it. Yeah, and uh, this this issue will come up again when we get to issue four. All right, and we're gonna, right. we'll talk about that. All right, issue two. You want to explain it? Sure. There is some confusion as well about what issue two actually does. But I'll say this. If after I describe to you what issue a two does you disagree with with me on how to vote and you're a conservative i'll say okay why because i think reasonable minds can differ on issue two i agree but but people need to understand there's a hidden part to issue two and most folks don't know this okay go. Issue, so issue two changes the vote percentage required for the public to enact two things. Two things. One, the first one everyone knows, constitutional amendments. Mm -hmm. It moves so the public gets to vote on constitutional amendments. Right now, all you need is 50%, and this changes it to 60%. And a bunch of folks say, well, it should be a little harder than just a mere majority to enact a constitutional amendment. So I like 60%. Now, personally, I prefer 50% because when given the choice between more democracy and less democracy, 
I favor more democracy. But I understand the notion of limiting democracy when it comes to constitutional amendments. So we can reasonably disagree on that. Here's the hidden part of issue two that most people don't know about. There's, there's another change. The legislature normally enacts laws, statutes, right? And it gets signed by the governor. Did you know, Dave, that the public can enact statutes as well? And those are called citizen initiatives. That's an, an, an initiative act. That's correct. An initiated act. Exactly. An initiated act right now requires 50 percent, as it should, right? Because if the legislature only requires 50 percent then for an act, wouldn't you only require 50 percent when the public votes on it? The public's more of a public vote, obviously, than the legislature. So you don't want to give a higher burden to everyday citizens than you do to the legislature. So a citizen, uh, an, excuse me, my goodness, an initiated act right now requires 50%. The legislature to pass an act is 50%. But issue two raises the limit also on citizen initiated acts to 60%. So it gives an extra benefit to the legislature. All they need to do to pass an act 50 percent that's but now, correct under issue two it would it would, it would require the public 60 percent to do an initiated act i oppose that we should not relegate the public below the legislature mm-hmm. the public is preeminent and that's why i'm voting no on issue two again that's why i'm voting no on issue two. Exactly right. That's what I did. I voted no on it for that specific reason. Uh, Because again, 60%, I understand the argument. I mean, uh, David Ray uh, is all about number two. And it's about, Mm -hmm. he thinks that it should be a little tougher to get a change to the Constitution. But uh, Mm -hmm. I, I believe, as you do, in the initiated acts, it should be the same for both parties. Uh, to to move it forward as as an act, and I'll also say, two years ago, uh, they passed uh, a uh, an amendment that um, you know said that you had to have more signatures, you had to have more right. this and more that. They already have taken one bite out of the apple concerning this. I don't know if I want to give them two bites or not. Well, that's an exact. You're right on the money, as always, Dave. Meaning that people say, "Well, we should make it a little bit harder to pass a constitutional amendment." We did. We did. Mm-hmm. Remember, there's a number of hurdles, a number of speed bumps that you must go over before you even get to the public voting on it. There are a bunch of hurdles already. And my colleague, who you know well, Josh Silverstein, yeah. who's a Democrat, who's a liberal, um, uh, he is uncomfortable with the 50% uh, raising the 50% threshold for initiated acts. He says that's not a good idea. He's fine with the constitutional part, but he and he told the folks that came up with this amendment you shouldn't combine those two. If you want to raise the limit on constitutional amendments, make that one issue, and if you want to raise the limit on initiated acts, make that another issue. Yeah, cuz they're two separate things. Totally separate things. Totally. And they've hidden in this amendment the initiated acts 
and people think it only applies to constitutional amendments and applies to both constitutional amendments and initiated acts, meaning citizen written statutes. And we shouldn't have a higher burden to enact a citizen written statute than there is in the legislature for them to enact a statute. We don't elevate the legislature above the people. Yeah, and I I agree wholeheartedly with that, and that's why I voted no. I've I've already voted, so I can tell everybody how I voted. I voted yes on one. I voted no on number two. Exactly. And then you, you haven't voted yet, have you? I have not. Okay, so this is what you're going to do. You're going to vote no on it whenever you go to the poll. That's exactly correct. All right. 6.43 on a Friday. Robert Steinbach, my my friend and uh, my compatriot and uh, a guest that I have on uh, continually here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're talking about the uh, issues that are on uh, your ballot. I think when I went and voted, it was the, it was the last things that I, I voted on uh, when I uh, went to my ballot. And uh, issue number three is for a tougher freedom of religion uh, amendment to the Constitution. And we're going to talk about that, but we got to get our final break in before we do it. Don't forget about PI Roofing, and don't forget those last two words, home solutions, because PI Roofing is more than just roofs anymore. They do that well. In fact, they do it as the best roofing company here that I know of in central Arkansas, maybe even in the entire state. I can't say that, uh, you know, with complete honesty for I don't know all the roofing companies in the state of Arkansas, but I can tell you here centrally that PI Roofing is the best that you can go by. And they can fix your roof, and they'll fix it the way you want it. And if anything would happen to go wrong, they'll fix it, and it won't cost you anything to get it repaired. Now, what else they do is they've taken their professionalism and they've taken uh, uh, good people and they'll do construction for you. If you've got a construction uh, project around your home, now I'm not talking about you want to build uh, another house behind your you know, main house. I'm talking about like I had them come out Monday and take a look at my deck. My deck needs some work. And so I had them come out, and I'm uh, waiting for them to send me now a, uh, you know, a look at what they want to do for my deck to make it perfect for me when springtime comes up. Because next year I intend to have some, uh, you know, barbecues out at my house and let people get in the pool and the whole nine yards. So that's on the horizon. But uh, I needed somebody to do it. I'm not talented enough to do that kind of work. So I'm going to ask uh, PI Roofing. Uh, for all intents and purposes, I can say that's who I'm going to be using. If you need gutters, if you need windows, they do that as well. They are now PI Roofing and Home Solutions. You call them, same number, 501-707-3115, or visit them online, piroofing.com. Back with you, Robert Steinbach, standing by. Issue 3 is on the docket to talk about. 
Go ahead. Let's uh, let's talk about this. I've I've had people. In fact, we did this Monday, and I had Jerry Cox on, and you called in as well because there's a lot of people saying, "Well, the state constitution already is solid on on freedom of religion. Why do we need an, another amendment?" And I think that we were able to explain that well enough that people could uh, go to the poll and know that we're not opening fissures in. Uh, uh, you know, the Constitution. Dave, I can't tell you how frustrated I am uh, with the folks on issue three, not because I disagree with them, but because I agree, meaning good conservatives are pro-religious rights. And in this community of good conservatives who are pro-religious rights, there are a number of people who are misinformed. And I fear, frankly... Because someone from the left has whispered in their ear without identifying themselves as members of the left and intentionally infiltrated the conversation to undermine uh, a commitment towards religious liberties. My friend, I mentioned to you earlier, uh, Josh Silverstein, he's a good friend of mine, but he's a liberal and he's an atheist. And he's voting against issue three. And he said to me, Rob, it's kind of funny that I hear conservatives saying to vote against issue three. I'll take their vote. But clearly, issue three is pro-religious liberties. Yes. Let me tell you the, the two problems that are going on in our community, Dave, in our conservative community. As you aptly point out, people say, well, you look at the Constitution right now and it reads real good, doesn't it? Folks, we don't live in a vacuum. We don't live in a basement where you folks are the ones that make the decisions as to what the Constitution means. The courts make those decisions. So if you go into court and you lose, you can stamp your feet and bang your fist and say, these rights are what I tell you they are. It doesn't matter. You still lose. So we have to live in the real world here. And in the real world, the courts have said two things. One, that the constitutional protections, both in the state constitution and the federal constitution for religion, only apply to direct attacks on religion. What do I mean by direct attacks? A direct attack would be, for example, if the government passed a law that said Christians may not put Christmas trees in their yards. Well, why is that a direct attack? Because you heard the word Christian twice. So it is a direct attack on religion. But if you have a law that's a law of what's called general applicability, it applies to all religions, and it doesn't mention any religion at all, such as, hey, here's an example, a law that says everybody must get vaccinated, mandate for vaccines. You know what Justice Scalia, the most conservative justice you've ever heard of, has said? He said, oh, the First Amendment doesn't apply to that at all. Wait, what? But let's say i got a religious objection to a vaccine. His response, I understand you may have a religious objection, but that law is not a direct attack on your religion, and therefore you can't even mention the First Amendment. Let me give, so you, of, let me give you another yeah, example. Just, uh, yeah, the, just the other day in uh, Washington State, that football coach uh, that was fired because he was praying after the football games uh, was reinstated, but uh, the courts before we had the, the the switch that we've had, where it's more conservative, 
would have voted against this football coach because they said this was not a direct attack on his religion. Well, and this, so the, the left misunderstands this whole point about the direct versus indirect laws of general applicability versus versus laws specifically directed at individual religions. And so, when you say the First Amendment protects my religious beliefs, if you're talking about indirect attacks, you're simply wrong. Then the second mistake that good folks in our conservative movement are making is they say, wait a second, this amendment says unless the government has a compelling reason there you to interfere go. with our religious rights. Yeah, and that makes them nervous. That makes them nervous. And I appreciate that, by the way. But for the last hundred years, every conservative justice, no less liberal, in the United States... Uh, uh, on the United States Supreme Court, as well as the justices here in Arkansas, have said that's part of what the First Amendment says and the state's version of the First Amendment. Meaning, let's say there is a law that says you can't put a Christmas tree on your lawn if you're a Christian. And then you do have the ability to go in and say, wait a second, I want you to look at that relative to my First Amendment rights. Then the government is still entitled to say, but we have a compelling interest. Now, mind you, there is no compelling interest for the government to put to prevent you from putting a Christmas tree. But they they have that protection. So this so now let's put that all together. What does the amendment do? It says if there's an indirect attack on your religion, such as a mandate for vaccines, you do get to go to court. You do get to go to court under this amendment. And Justice Alito, another conservative stalwart on the Supreme Court, has already said in an opinion from the U.S. Supreme Court on language almost identical, but not as strong, mind you, as our amendment. Justice Alito said that language is more protective than the First Amendment. Mm -hmm. Why? As I said earlier, he said, because you get to bring the indirect attacks in. And then be it direct attack or indirect attack, both of those still, perhaps unfortunately, have to go through the compelling interest balancing test. So folks say, well, I read the First Amendment, and it doesn't say anything about a compelling interest balancing test. I understand that, folks. I appreciate that. But you've got to kind of listen to me when it gets a little bit more complicated. That's the test that the Supreme Court has applied for 100 years, including by Justice Alito, including by Justice um, Scalia. So all the conservatives that have applied their test. So then I hear, but they're wrong. Okay, folks, what are you going to do about it? Well, we're going to impeach them. Really? When? How, meantime, how often has that happened? Yeah, zero, right? Zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so um, these folks are kind of, you know, banging their fists saying, this is what the law should be. This is how the existing Constitution should be interpreted. Okay, but it's not. And so the issue three improves by giving, by allowing you to have an indirect, uh, to challenge an indirect attack on your religion, something you can't do under the First Amendment or the equivalent in the Arkansas Constitution. And it uses the very same test, even though you don't, you can't read that test when you read the First Amendment, the courts have applied it consistently, routinely, 
conservatives and liberals alike. And so this is what I say when I, you know, when you, sometimes you need to go to the doctor. And I'm not here to tell people that I know more than they do. But I am here to tell them that I study these things. I practice in these things. And they're reading it last minute, rely on people who do this, such as Jason Rapert, such as uh, uh, Jerry Cox, and indeed also Rob Steinbuck. These are complicated matters, and you will lose if you go to court saying your argument. And so in the end of the day, when you say, I'm right as to what the Constitution means, when the court says, no, you ain't, mm-hmm. what, is, what good does it do you to, to say that you're right? What you need is an argument that's going to allow you to succeed in the court. And this very amendment will allow you to succeed in court much more often than the current law, which already has the compelling interest test built into it. So that's a non-starter, meaning that's under the old law, that's under the new law. If it, if it were to pass, issue three were to pass. But issue three allows you to make indirect attack or defend against, excuse me, defend against indirect attacks on your religion, where the current state of the Constitution does not. Now, and then we have a we got a Supreme Court justice as one of the most uh, conservative that we've seen over the years. That's telling us that's this right. makes the First Amendment stronger. So that's right. Vote yes on issue three. I've already voted yes, and that's what I'm going to do. I suggest that you do so as well. Hopefully, uh, you understand. Uh, the argument that Robert's making seems very clear to me what he's saying. All right, we didn't have time to get to four, so that comes up after the news at the top of the hour. Talking Mary Jane, marijuana, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it, ganja. We'll be talking about it and why issue four is no good for the state of Arkansas. We'll talk about it when we get back. Let's get back to it. Robert Steinbach is with us in the house. He's joining us by phone this morning. We're talking about uh, the different uh, constitutional issues, initiated acts, things of that nature. And uh, they're going to be on your ballot when you go to the poll. And uh, when you go there, you want to have an idea of how you want to vote. Uh, it's very difficult to sit there and read a uh, constitutional uh, amendment change while you're standing there and you know there's a line outside and you want to get in and you want to get out so the next person can get in and cast their ballot as well. So we're going to help you, I hope, to uh, make up your mind before you ever go to cast your vote to know how you're going to vote on these different uh, issues. We've already done one, two, and three. 
number one, which would allow the the uh, legislature to call themselves into a special session without the, the okay of the governor. Uh, we tell you, to, and we've made our argument, I think, on that, uh, to vote yes on issue one. On issue two, which uh, says uh, that on, uh, you know, uh, amendment changes, uh, 60% uh, for both uh, the House, Senate, and uh, the citizens uh, to make a, an amendment change to the Constitution. But on initiated acts, 60% for the citizens and only 50% plus one uh, for the uh, senators and for uh, the representatives. We've said vote no. And uh, in issue three, religious freedom. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and try to go over everything that Robert just said, but I think if you heard his argument, uh, I had already uh, agreed with him because I'd heard some of the things uh, of why we need uh, to pass Issue 3. Yes, the Constitution of Arkansas has a strong statement about religious liberty, but when it gets into the court system, Judges can pick it apart, and we need additional cement, so to say, in between the bricks of our Constitution to make it even stronger. And even Alito, Justice Alito, agrees with that. So vote yes on issue three. Now we come to issue four. It deals with pot, Mary Jane, you know, ganja, whatever you want to call it, marijuana, cannabis, however you want to look at it, that's what it deals with. A lot of people are going to go to the polls, I believe, Robert, and are uh, going to make their decision that what this does, it only has to do with putting a, you know, a light to the end of a blunt or to a bowl or to a water pipe and uh, makes it where somebody can smoke some marijuana and not get arrested. There is much, much more to this piece of legislation than that. And you need to know what it is so that you, I think, will uh, agree with me. You need to vote no on issue four. So let's talk about it. The number one issue I have with issue four is it says that the legislature has nothing to say about marijuana in this state if this passes. Indeed. Right. So there are two sort of overarching issues about uh, issue four. I'm against general legalization for marijuana and and issue four allows for general legalization that's correct so there are people that are for it and by the way to be fair i it's not that i think they are without any reason the, their best argument which i don't agree with but their best argument is it's freedom let us do what we want to do problem is freedom goes broadly but when you look around at those jurisdictions that have allowed general use of marijuana there are a lot of problems so i'm against it but here's the other problem with issue four it creates a monopoly a super monopoly Mm -hmm. of i think three but i'm not sure of the number of growers and producers of marijuana so it creates a cartel it creates a drug cartel, and then it says to anybody else who wants to grow it and produce it and sell it, uh, you can't do that. 
So that creates a black market, much like we have right now. One of the reasons to legalize drugs is, well, then people will sell it legally. You don't have to have an illegal market. And an illegal market creates crime because if you sell something illegally, obviously you can't sue someone in court if they don't pay you. So what do you do? You show up with a baseball bat or a gun to enforce it. That's why we have crime associated with drugs, because it's illegal. But it's illegal because we think it's bad, generally. So you'll still have all of that black market crime, plus a legal cartel of criminals, so uh, not criminals, excuse me, a legal cartel of what otherwise would have been criminals selling the drugs. And here's the worst part about it. You think that's bad, the, the amendment says, and if you want to grow it at home, you can't do it. Yeah, that's right. You are not allowed to grow even one plant. That's right. I'm so tired of these corporate cabals in cahoots with government creating monopolies and then turning around and say, oh, we can do it. We're the government. We can do it. We're mega corporations. But you can't do it even at home. That's just disgusting. Now, I'm totally open that I'm also opposed to general use of marijuana. But even if I weren't, I'd be highly skeptical of this bill because I'm just so tired of government saying, you can't do what we can do and what the corporate cabal that we authorize to do. Yeah, but here's here's the problem. It's not the government saying it. It's the growers saying it. Indeed. Indeed. But, I mean, the government is saying it in the sense if we enact the amendment. That's all I mean. I don't mean anything broader than that. No. But the point is that that you have here a bunch of uh, – a bunch, a handful, only a handful of growers that will be given exclusive control beyond any other commercial growers and beyond you doing it at home. Yeah. Yeah, and, so how and, is it, and, it, and it even it even affects medicinal marijuana. You know, uh, well, you, medicinal marijuana is already a uh, a monopoly. It's the same group. Yes, it's the same folks that are doing medicinal marijuana who want to control the other marijuana. Now, if that is not what we have outlawed, right? If that is not what goes on uh, in uh, Central American countries, right? That is, you know, that's a that's organized crime just be, being given given a stamp of approval by the government. Yeah, it's being legalized. Right? That's right. That's right. So we can't allow that's a cartel. You're going to have a cartel of uh, a handful of companies that are going to be able to sell legal marijuana and medical marijuana and nobody else. So the cartel gets a government approval like they did uh, roughly in Colombia. You think that's a good idea? I don't think that's a good idea. Well, bottom line, uh, if you take a take a real close look at this and you dissect it and you got to deconstruct it, and, and that's why I'm saying make up your mind now before you go to the poll because it's going to – that particular – uh, uh, amendment will take you quite a while to work through and to see it. Uh, if you didn't think there's any, because there's so much money involved with this, think for a moment that uh, the the side that is for this particular bill 
is spending 11 times what the other side that's against the bill is spending because there's billions of dollars at stake if it passes. Well, as we just discussed, right, what what do you have here? You have a cartel seeking to spend huge amounts of money to further strengthen their cartel. To further strengthen their ability to reap all the benefits. Indeed. I mean, that's Indeed. what this is all about. People people don't understand that, I don't believe. I think everybody looks at this just from the very issue of smoking a joint. And it is so much right. deeper than that. There is no bill under the sun that I would go along with that would take the any kind of saying that what the, the General Assembly wants to say, the, the legislature wants to say about about it, away from that's taking your voice as the people out from the from the people who are growing marijuana that's not right that's exactly right and so you know the only people who are pro uh, legalization of marijuana uh, who who should be for this bill this proposal issue four are people who are so high uh, so delusional that all they care about is there's some place that they can go to buy it legal, and they don't care if there's a cartel, and they don't care if there's a monopoly, and they're too stoned to try to grow it at home, so that doesn't matter to them as well. Maybe they would support this, but anybody else, it baffles me. Yeah, I'm I'm stunned at that. You know, if you look at this, what is the main thing that these the people who are pushing this particular amendment? pushing to you on TV. They're pushing, we're going to help uh, fund law enforcement. We're going to give more money to law enforcement. They got some sheriff now coming out and saying, that's why I'm for issue four. I would love to get that guy on the air and talk to him. Yeah, that's delusional, right? Uh, so you're creating a cartel uh, like they did in Colombia, and then the cartel is going to be sending money to law enforcement? How well did that kind of operation work in Colombia? Yeah. Yeah, that's called, if you ask me, that's called protection money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really it's really a shame, actually. Yeah, we're going to give you money. You just leave us alone. Look the other way. That's That's what it sounds like to me. I mean, I I really, I get emotional about this particular issue because there's so many lies behind it. Indeed, right? We see this in issue four, and we see it with issue three. That's the thing about issue three, which is the thing that strengthens our religious observance protections, and you have good conservative people who want to do that, saying, this, this is not good, it weakens it. It doesn't. It yeah. just doesn't. And, you know, again... If you're a liberal, if you're an atheist, then you would vote against it. But if you're a conservative, a God-fearing conservative, then you can't vote for it. Now, you can, of course. That's the problem. But you, you're being misinformed. Yeah, I agree. I say vote no on issue four. I think I made enough of an argument for people that they can understand why I say this. It's not because... I don't want you to be able to put a match to the end of a joint or a bowl or a water pipe. That is not the case. The case is is all the other stuff that's in this about, you know, where they can grow it. What can the local municipalities say about where they're growing it? Where can they sell it? 
does anybody have any control over that? Who has the control over how much THC goes in edibles? Well, I can tell you, it goes to the growers. That's what it does. And that's, right. that's just that's too right. much too much power, man. Too much power. That's what it is. You always be skeptical when a small group is seeking to monopolize power. Always be afraid of that. I agree. We'll come back. I'll uh, I'll make my finishing argument for people on issue four. I'll let you do the same. But I think we're both going to tell you whatever we say. It's going to be vote no for issue four. Let's take a break. Robert Steinbach is hanging in there with me. We got other things to talk about. I want to talk to him about open meetings. We spoke to uh, Joey McCutcheons about that yesterday. And believe it or not, that's something that's going to have to be defined by the legislature. How silly that we got to define what is a meeting. But we do, and we'll talk about that as well here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 721 on a Friday morning. Glad you joined us. Don't forget that if you need a security system, and you do at your home or your business, the person to turn to is Billy Mack. That's who I use. Billy Mack's uh, uh, business, ICU Protection, takes care of Nuke One. If they're uh, doing the security and monitoring and the alarms and all of that for Nuke One, I'm sure they can do a good job for my house. I mean, I now have door and window sensors on every door and window of my home. I've got uh, cameras where I can look outside without anybody else knowing that I'm looking outside. And uh, I've got the analytics that they've got that work so well. You can get that for your house. You can get that for your business through Billy Mac. All you got to do is call them and talk to them. Let me tell you something else that you're going to get. You're going to pay for the service, and that pay for the service is really reasonable. I mean, I'm not breaking uh, mid-70s for the uh, 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 security of my home. You won't either. But uh, uh, here's the other thing you won't pay for. You go and get some of these other security systems, and uh, they sit down. They say, okay, you need this many door and window sensors, this many cameras. You need a doorbell camera. You need motion detection. Okay, uh, here's how much it costs a month. But to put all that uh, hardware on your home, it's going to cost you four, six, eight hundred dollars And they'll ask for that up front. Billy Mac does it because you own the hardware. You don't have to pay anything for it. He gives it to you absolutely free, and it is top-of-the-line quality hardware. 1080p uh, images on your cameras. It's absolutely fantastic. Call Billy Mack. Talk to him. Get get on uh, get on the stick with ICU protection. Feel better at your house. Feel better for your business. 501-205-1333. Call Billy Mack today. Let's finish up talking about uh, issue four. Before I do that, let me remind you about something. Uh, we just had that uh, ad run about uh, Salem and their coverage of election night from 6 o'clock to 1 o'clock in the morning. Uh, between 8 and 10 uh, during that coverage, uh, I'll break in and I'll be here with our panel of, uh, of uh, local entities uh, to talk about 
the Arkansas races and uh, what's going on. Like, where's issue one, two, three, and four? How, how's the votes going for that and things of that nature? We'll also have uh, some of the people who are running for office who have won, maybe some who have lost, and uh, hear what they have to say. My special guests in studio that night are going to be uh, former state representative Ann Clemmer out of Saline County. She's also a political science teacher, gave one of the greatest speeches I have heard about uh, the Electoral College uh, to her uh, her comrades uh, at state legislature when they were trying to get rid of uh, the Electoral College that I wish I had a copy of that I could play it from time to time. Also uh, joining us, Ryan Norris from Americans for Prosperity and Shane Stacks who uh, was a justice of the peace on the Pulaski uh, Quorum Court. He'll be with us. And by telephone, none other than the man who's joining me this morning, and that's Robert Steinbach. So I'm going to tell you what, you got a lineup that's going to come sit with me and uh, talk about local uh, politics uh, that nobody else matches here in this city. Nobody in the state on radio matches that group of people that I'm, I'm going to have here in the studio. So that's going to be from 8 o'clock until 10 o'clock right here on 101.1 FM, uh, The Answer. And, Robert, I want to thank you for, uh, again, uh, uh, agreeing to join us uh, You know, for our election coverage. You've been with me for years uh, on election night. It's uh, it's fun to do election night. It really is. It's kind of my Super Bowl. I like to I like to be involved in it. Uh, let's go back to issue uh, number four. And I want to tell a story real quick. Uh, a few years back, Arkansas made the lotto legal. There were a couple of times individuals who wanted to have control of the lottery ran uh you know you know amendments uh on the ballot for people to vote on for a lotto and people turned them down they voted no and i always said after uh, the no vote came in finally uh that uh, what they needed was a clean bill so to speak Something that said, hey, look, this is not going to benefit just one person out there. This is going to benefit Arkansans. And that's when Lieutenant Governor Holder got a hold of it, and he ran with it. And uh, whether you liked him or not, that's one thing that he did that I thought uh, was good. He put he got that on the on the ballot, and the people voted on it, and all it said was, we'll have a lottery, the government's going to take care of it, the money's going to go uh, to running the lottery itself, uh, paying the people that are running it, and uh, a certain amount will go to every student who meets the requirements to get that money for going to college. And we voted in it, voted it in. It wasn't to enrich uh, people. Uh, specifically, it was supposedly to help uh, the students. Of course, the universities and colleges took uh, advantage of it. They looked at how much those uh, scholarships were going to be and raised their uh, their fees right up with how much the students were getting. So uh, they screwed us on that one, but nothing I can say about that except that they screwed us and the legislator, legislature let them do it. The legislature needs to take more 
input on that, but that's another another story. All right, Robert Steinbach is, is with me. Let me just finish up what I was saying when we took our break uh, at the bottom of the hour and we were up against the clock. Uh, the reason I told that story about the lotto is a simple one. I want a bill, if they're going to try to change this about marijuana, let's do the first thing first. Let's, uh, let's say, okay, we're going to make uh, recreational uh, marijuana legal. One ounce. You can have an ounce, and that's all. You can't go you know, driving a car or whatever. You've got you to gotta meet uh, applicable laws and things of that nature. And, uh, but none of this stuff about you know, factoring out the, uh, uh, the legislature, none of uh, setting your own policy about taxation, none of this about setting your own THC rules and all the rest that this group of people want to do. They'll set the price. They'll set who can grow it. They'll set how strong it can be, whether it be something you smoke or something that you eat. And uh, the, the legislature can't be involved in it. And don't let them buy you off by saying, we'll, we're going to share a few million dollars out of billions of dollars. No, 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 no. Let, let's get back to what we need to do first. Do that and then... Let's uh, do what we got to do in the the legislature uh, to, to if you have a law like that and and make the necessary uh, rules for it and let the people speak on that. So I say no on issue four. Robert, final your final summation. Well, indeed, Dave, I apologize. You hit it right on. Uh, the head issue four has two problems one conservatives generally oppose the ubiquitous use of marijuana but irrespective of that uh, issue four creates a monopoly for a cabal uh, for uh, folks that are running a a corporate um, monopoly of drug sellers and excludes anybody else including you yourself from growing marijuana at home that's too much power in the hands of too few people. Yeah. So vote no. Vote no. That's right. On issue four. All right. So we ran through all four issues for everybody. We say vote yes on number one. That allows uh, the uh, legislature to call themselves into session if they so desire it. Issue number two, we said vote no. Uh, that has a, a mistake in it, I believe, and uh, Robert agrees with me on that as well, and we agree with you that uh, the people should not be held to a higher standard uh, on voting for an initiated act than the legislature is. So uh, we will say uh, to that, vote no. On uh, issue three, uh, religious freedom, we say vote yes. We can't um, make that strong enough. Uh, so that uh, a court can't go changing things that we don't want changed. And last but not least, vote no on issue four, because it's not, I don't think it's that much about the marijuana as it is about everything else that's in this piece of legislation. There's a group of people who want to make themselves fat, dumb, and happy off of the people of Arkansas. That's just the way I feel about it. So I say vote no on issue four. And, and if you're against just marijuana being made, you know, legal, vote no on it as, as well, by, by goodness. Please do so. All right. So we, we covered them all uh, there, Robert. Nice job. You did a good job, my man. That's why I have you on the air. 
Well, every once in a while, I you know find a, a squirrel. Excuse me, a nut in the woods. Uh, so I, I just hope people uh, pay attention because these are complicated issues, and uh, they need a lot of discussion and analysis. And this can't be done last minute. And it's really frustrating when people uh, are forced to go to the polls and they don't have any, they're not given any information. And then they have to read these ballot initiatives at the poll. And it's it's very difficult for them. So I'm highly sympathetic when folks uh, struggle with these issues. Yeah, I, I am too. And I agree with you because I'm going to, I'll be honest, most people who listen to my show, don't eat, breathe uh, politics like I do or like you do. And uh, that's why they tune in. They want to hear uh, what we have to say about this stuff. I'm not saying we carry any more weight than their neighbor does. But the bottom line, we will give you, I think, an honest assessment of what uh, are in all of these issues. With that said, uh, yesterday I had Joey McCutcheon on. Uh, we were talking about why FOIA is so, you know, important in the state of Arkansas. Uh, and uh, Joey brought up uh, the point that in the next uh, legislative session, you and he and others are going to be fighting to define what is a meeting. Now, I know that that sounds crazy to people. It almost sounds as crazy as trying to determine, well, it, it means, you know, what is your definition of is, is, you know, that kind of thing. But right. it's, it, it's more than that. People try to find loopholes. People try to circumvent the FOIA laws all the time. And because of that, we got to find out what they're doing to try to do that. And then we got to build a wall to stop them from being able to do it. So we're going to get that uh, that uh, conversation going when we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. we got about 18 minutes left. We'll take our final break, and then we'll come back, and we'll talk about why open meetings and why knowing what a meeting is is so important. East End Towing, don't forget about them. Something gets you on the side of the road. Let's just say you blow a tire, you can't change it, you need somebody to come out and take care of you. Uh, the folks at East End Towing to do that, or your your you know transaxle goes out and you need a tow, they'll come out and tow you and they'll take you where you want to go. Or uh, your your trailer goes out that you're carrying your boat on, or your camper goes out, something happens with it, they will come out and they will help you. No matter the situation, East End Towing can handle it. They got the answers for you. You just call them five zero one eight eight eight. 8849. That's 501-888-8849. Get off the side of the road and get where you want to go as far as fixing whatever it is that has gone wrong. Just call East End Towing. Back with you. Uh, we've got about 14 minutes left here on this Friday edition with Robert Steinbach. Law professor of Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his his alone, not those necessarily of the Bowen School of Law, nor of the university for which it belongs. And let me just say, they'd go a long way giving themselves a whole lot more credibility if they did have the thoughts that uh, Robert Steinbach has. Uh, and followed them. With that said, let's talk about why, you know, you and Joey McCutcheon and others are going to do a, fr a full frontal assault 
to make a, a legal definition of what a meeting is. Robert, can you explain what's going on about that? Absolutely, Dave. All meetings of governing bodies in the state of Arkansas must be held in public so that the public can see what these governing bodies are doing. Uh, And indeed, now there's a law that requires meetings to be recorded as well. And a problem is, what happens if various folks who who are on that governing body get together privately and discuss and predetermine the outcome of the meeting that that not only violates the FOIA, it violates the notion that we're trying to protect, that is that the public gets to observe the deliberations. Yeah, transparency. That's exactly right. And so Joey uh, has sued on a number of cases, uh, and I was involved, I believe, in one of those cases. I lose track of all the FOIA cases that I have, frankly, that uh, sought to make sure that the government was acting in a transparent fashion. The problem is the Supreme Court has been inconsistent. They said, well, it's kind of like pornography. You know it's an open meeting, and you know that (laughs) folks are getting together before the meeting when you see it. Well, that's not good enough. That means we're going to have to litigate every time. Oh, it's three people, but they did it at the bar, so that's that's okay because they kind of only sort of discussed it. So we need a black and white rule that says, look, if more, if two or more or three or more members of the committee get together and discuss matters that are likely to come up on the agenda, that's a public meeting. So all they have to do is not discuss it, or if they're going to discuss it, do it in a public fashion. And that's the idea behind what we're talking about. Okay. And, and it's sad that we have to go this far, to be honest, but we go this far because people have been doing everything they can to, one, uh, go around FOIA, number two, not even respecting FOIA and that they don't even answer you all, and uh, there's some teeth that need to be put into the FOIA law. Would you agree? On this issue, that's correct. Now, remember, overall, the Arkansas FOIA is a very strong FOIA, which is wonderful. Uh, But there are aspects that need uh, tightening up. Uh, And I work on this every legislative session to tighten it up. We tightened one up last legislation, uh, legislative session, uh, when... Uh, folks, in fact, from the university came in and said, oh, you can't get attorney's fees in cases in which you won so fast, you won so good that the defendant turned over the records before you got a verdict from the judge. Wait, what? We were extra successful, so you can't get uh, attorney's fees? So, <laughs> great uh, transparency advocate Dan um, Sullivan uh, introduced the bill. By the way, co-sponsored by a Democrat here, uh, my senator here in Arkansas, Clark Tucker, uh, and they said, well, of course you can. And in fact, that always was the law in terms of how you should have interpreted the law. But then when you get government agencies fighting a, a normal interpretation of law, you got to pass a new law to clarify it. And by the way, I can't tell you how many times I've heard government bureaucrats say, oh, we always interpret it uh, in, the, in the positive way that it's supposed to be interpreted. But every time they get to court, they do exactly the opposite. Hey, let me tell you what, 
All we got to do is look right here at Little Rock and the mayor who is in power right now to see a uh, administration that basically gives everybody the middle finger when they come up with a FOIA request. Well, and then also look at uh, Sheriff Higgins, who uh, my client has sued. I'm representing him uh, because he failed to give over records uh, four times over, four times over. And then came up with just a nonsensical argument that Judge Fox rubber stamped without doing any legal investigation, I might add, uh, where he said, oh, well, we can't turn over this record, which we were ready to turn over to you because the defendant didn't take the plea agreement. So now it's an ongoing investigation. Wait, you've already discussed a plea agreement, but you're still investigating the crime? How is that possible? Talk about putting the cart before the horse. It's not possible is the answer, by the way, Dave. It's just a downright uh, lie. It's just downright untrue. And then uh, the court rubber stamped it. So we're going to appeal that as well. Yeah, and that's the corruption that we've been talking about right here in central Arkansas. we got corruption going on up in Cabot where you got a, a prosecutor that is uh, out there, you know, throwing uh, smoke screens up because he says something is wrong, and uh, then you say, well, prove it, show it to us, show us where they they voted in, in public on, on something, and he can't, but he told a judge that they did, and, uh, you know, we got all this crazy stuff going on because... People don't respect FOIA. I believe there should be more teeth in it than what there are. I think if they don't do what they're supposed to do, uh, then uh, people in some of these administrations that are trying to, you know, run roughshod over it should face jail time. Well, indeed, there is a criminal uh, um, provision in the law, but it's not particularly enforced. But Mark Johnson, uh, senator uh, from the Conway, greater Conway area, Uh, has an idea to propose a bill that will create civil penalties so that you can sue not only to get the records, not only to get attorney's fees, but also to get civil penalties. Yeah, everybody has to understand that maybe that money should be taken out of those individuals' pockets instead of out of the public treasury. You know what I'm saying? Well, it, it, indeed, but irrespective of where it comes from, sometimes people say, well, you know, the money comes from the public treasury. Uh, I understand that. But the, but, it, but it creates an incentive on these uh, cronies to do the right thing. I, I would be even more pleased if the money came out of the pockets of the violators themselves, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that's something that you all will be working on during the next uh, General Assembly, which starts January 9th. Uh, it's going to be an interesting General Assembly because I believe it will be the most conservative legislative body that has ever met in the state of Arkansas. And from what I can tell, we haven't seen any uh, you know, particular action yet uh, from the governor's office. Uh, Asa Hutchinson will be gone. Uh, and uh, I believe that Sarah Huckabee Sanders is going to be the next governor of the state of Arkansas. And she's much more conservative than the current governor that we have. Indeed, indeed. No, we. This will be the most conservative government in the state of in the history of the state of Arkansas, uh, and that's obviously a good thing for people yeah. like us 
who are conservatives. Yeah, think about it. That would be the first time we had a female governor in the state of uh, Arkansas. i got to believe uh, that it would be, I don't know if it would be the first time a woman has presided over the state senate. I don't know if we've ever had a woman do that before, because I believe Leslie Rutledge is going to be the lieutenant governor, and that's what yeah, sure. one of her main uh, things are to do. We're going to have an AG that we know is conservative, so uh, it's going to be fun to watch uh, them go to work come up uh, the beginning of January. And, of course, we'll be doing some shows from over there. Uh, we won't be doing every day, but I promise you we'll be over there at least weekly. And uh, Robert will be joining me when I'm over at the uh, uh, the Capitol and watching uh, what our elected officials are doing. That's one of the things our listeners uh, really miss during COVID is us being over there and, and reporting on all of that. And the, the, the legislators like it because they can come right on the air and talk about their particular bills and uh, try to you know get rid of any um, misunderstandings about them and things of that nature well that's a beauty dave you have uh, over the years created this wonderful relationship with the legislature nobody else does this nobody else is sitting in the capital itself reporting live day to day on the going ons of the legislature. It's really a wonderful service that you provide the citizens of Arkansas. Well, everybody just know that it's coming. We're going to be doing it again, and I can't wait to do it, to be honest with you. All right, we're just about out of time here, uh, Robert. Anything specifically that uh, I haven't touched on that you want a couple of minutes to touch on? Well, I think we've talked about the really critical issues, Dave, but uh, I want to reemphasize the point that we discussed over the last two hours, of course, uh, in much, much greater detail. One, uh, we need good conservatives to get out and vote, uh, and the vote on the issues are uh, yes on issue one, which allows the legislature from time to time to call itself in to balance out the power uh, against the uh, uh, greater power of the governor. We want the legislature, which represents the people, uh, to have equal power to the governor. Uh, To vote um, no on the uh, issue two, which not only changes the percentage to enact a constitutional amendment, but what many people don't know, also changes the percentage for the citizens to enact an act, to enact a statute. And it makes the legislature only have to have 50 percent plus one to pass an act but for some reason makes the public 60 percent plus one to enact the exact same thing so that's just unfair so we vote no on issue two on issue three it undoubtedly enhances religious freedom and there's unfortunately uh, a lot of misunderstanding out there right now uh, on two levels one the constitution mostly doesn't protect you, even though people think it does, because it only protects direct attacks on religion. And all of these things like vaccine mandates are indirect attacks. And even if you think it should protect you against indirect attacks, it doesn't. So your wishes doesn't change what the law is. And secondly, that uh, under the existing constitutional protections, the government already gets the defense, shall we say, of a compelling government interest. 
Maybe you don't like that. Maybe it shouldn't be that way. But it's been that way for 100 years under all conservative justices. So to say that it's not true just means you're screaming really loud in your basement, but it doesn't change how the law works. And if you go to court, the judges decide how the law works, not you. All right, we're we're almost out of time. Vote no on three. What about number four? No, no. Vote yes on three. Oh, yes on three. three. That's correct. And vote no on four. All right. There you go. Thank you, Robert. We'll talk to you later. I got to get out of here. We'll talk your money next, and then I'll be back at nine with Matt Smith. This is an incredible day. The man who was Fast and Furious before Fast and Furious was cool is in the studio today. Matt Smith is here, the, the Mr. Guru of movies. And we have, have we seen each other in the last year? I don't think man, so. I, it is so nice to be back in the saddle. You know, we are in here, no masks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> Breathing this nice air-conditioned air today. It's so nice to be back in the studio, man. It's, it's good great. to see Friday. you. It really, really is. It's good to see you. I'm it has glad been a you're minute. Here. It has yeah. been a minute. Too long of a minute, to be honest. It wasn't a New York minute. It lasted too long to be a New York minute. Woo. But the bottom line, it was a long time, and I'm so glad to see you back in here. Matt and I have known each other for 22 years. It has been a long, long ride. And we've been doing this for that long on this show. Because on Fridays, you got to talk about the movies, because I know a lot of you are going to go out to see the movies this weekend. We've been around so long, we're classic now. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> we are. That's our. That, that is. That's twenty years or older is a classic movie, and, yeah, yeah. and now we made we classic. we've made it. Classic movies and classic rock. We have made it. Buddy. Classic talk. <laughs> <laughs> we've made it. That classic. Here. That classic Republican talk. That throwback to the Ronald Reagan. That that classic. Yeah. That, that John Wayne classic. That type of stuff. The people. The icons we got here on the wall yes. in the studio. You I know? looked. I, I I was walking down the hallway and I uh, Heidi. Says, hey, Dave, Dave, you know, and I walked in. She goes, Who is that? Because she's never seen you. <laughs> she's never seen you. Some long hair slipped in the back. <laughs> What's this guy? And he's I told her, I told wearing her all black and needs a haircut. The guy with, and I said, That guy, he's got an MBA, man. He's really good. And she, lo- she looks at me. She goes, Who is that? I goes, That's Matt Smith. <laughs> she says, I've never seen him before. And I said, Yeah, that's the guy. And I used the same line that I used to open up with. He was Fast and Furious before Fast and Furious was cool. Somebody's got to do it, man. Somebody's got to do it. I mean, did you go to the movies last night? Did you go? I did not make it last what? night. What? I thought you would watch Pray I for w- the Devil last night. I was night. going to go see Pray Pray for the Devil. Yes. I did. And by the way, it's not P-R-A-Y. It's P-R-E-Y. That's exactly right. Is yes. it a pretty good movie? It's appropriate for the Halloween time that we're in. Pray for the Devil is the wide release this weekend. It's from Lionsgate. 
it's PG-13. It's got the scare in there that you're talking about. And, yes, Prey is definitely part of it. I'm surprised you didn't go see it. You love horror movies. I um, was going to go see okay. it, but I decided I, I, I fell asleep. You're going sometime this weekend. You're going sometime this weekend. I'll go see okay. it this weekend. Okay, well, that's, that's PG-13. It's at all of my locations. You can catch it in Batesville, Searcy, Cabot, Hot Springs, and, of course, down here at the Riverdale 10 in Little Rock. Um, that's the movie to see this weekend. We've got on a lot a lot of wide-release horror films happening, right. uh, which has really been good for this weekend. It's somewhat unusual. Now, of course, we brought back the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Of course. You do yes. that every year. And we're doing it at 7 p.m. and 9 p.m., Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, and Monday night. Wow. Not only at Riverdale 10, but at all the locations. Really? It's going to be at Cabot? Cabot, Searcy, <laughs> Hot Springs this weekend. Yes. Rocky Horror Picture Show. You can see it at 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. Bring tonight, out the freaks. Tonight through Monday night. <laughs> yes. Yes. We thought we would do it this year and just see, you know. But, I mean, it's been a 22-year tradition at Riverdale 10. So we're glad to do it at the other locations for sure. And just check it out online, Riverdale10.com, locally here in Little Rock for those tickets. It's SearcyCinema.com. Cabot, VIPCinema.com, Hotsprings, VIP.com, and, of course, Oaks, VIPCinema.com in Batesville. Or, hey, you can just go to Riverdale 10 and click theaters, and they all pop yeah, up. Yeah, they all come up. Okay, yeah. so why should you go see Rocky Horror? Okay, I'm going to tell you. One reason and one reason only. You get to see Meatloaf when he was younger. That's true. That's true. The soundtrack's great, and people will dress up. And you can go to the Facebook page. All the theaters have a Facebook page. Go to the Facebook page, click the event, and it's got a prop list of things you can bring in. Newspapers, you know, playing cards, noisemakers. <laughs> it's just a whole prop list of what we encourage you to bring. Take it all. Make take sure. Some Read it all down and take yeah. it all. You it's got on there. So you can be part of the movie. Rocky Horror Picture Show. This weekend... And then, of course, Pray for the Devil is new. We are still playing Halloween Ends with Jamie Lee Curtis. It's, it's her, a good movie. Her last time in the in the series, they say. Uh, of course, we've got Barbarian, another scary movie out this weekend. That's worth seeing. And uh, last weekend, we had a couple of hits, uh, not necessarily in the Halloween vibe, but we had uh, Ticket to Paradise with George Clooney mm-hmm. and Julia Roberts. Uh, that's out there. And then, of course, the number one film at the box office last weekend was Black Adam. I went and saw it. It's from Warner Brothers, uh, DC Comics. Um, love the, the love the end of it. Won't tell you about it, but I love the end of it. And you will too. The Rock Stars. It's PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. That's on the screen, and you know, I've got to mention this phenomenal hit, Smile. I mean, people just love this. Movie. I've had a lot of people come to me and tell me that is a freaky movie. People love that movie. It is just kind of popped in there it's a sleeper hit at the box office it's got good legs people are still coming out so if you're looking for a horror movie be sure to catch smile that's also on so there's a lot to just get you in the halloween mood this weekend cool uh that is definitely happening we've got a couple of things still hanging around for the kids dc league of super pets We're that still playing is a that. great movie great animated feature really good for the kids it's got the rock in it too Yes, and we have Lyle Lyle Crocodile, another PG film for the kids. How is that done at the box office? It, it's done okay to okay. to to have been a a fall picture, you mm-hmm. know, which is not the most wonderfulest time to in, you know drop a movie for children, right? right? Right. But it's done well, you know, and and there. What it is is, you know, it does very well on Saturday and Sunday afternoons. Of course, the kids are not in school, right? You know, so I think I think with the complaint on the box office, you know, they're forgetting that the target audience is occupied. 
Friday, Monday through Friday. Right. You know. Right. So, but that that's out there as well. We still have uh, Don't Worry Darling. It's probably in its last week right now. Some people are saying that's scary. And it kind of is in a way. Well, it's kind of a takeoff on the Stepford Wives. Yes, absolutely right. And then, of course, you know, the king, the champ, the OG himself, Tom Cruise, is still on the big screen in Top Gun. You can catch a couple show times of that. Is that not amazing? You know, it reminds me, as we're speaking of classic, uh, it reminds me of the movies that used to just stick on the screen for so long. Uh, Titanic. Yeah. Uh, Forrest Gump. Oh my God! That yes, ran forever. yes. The 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 fugitive with Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Those films stuck around, and you know, in that Ghost, for example. So you know, in that time frame, to uh, have a movie sticking around eighteen, twenty, twenty two, twenty four weeks, you know, having a movie run in five six months, yeah, uh, happened then in the nineties. Um, you know, so I mean, Top Gun reminds me of that. And it is a film that people watch over and over, and certainly something they want to see on the big screen. Have you heard the talk that Hanks is thinking about doing number three for um, Top Gun? Oh, oh, um, uh, Tom Cruise is thinking about doing Tom Cruise, a number yeah. three, huh? Thinking about doing number three. Yeah, he wants to he wants to do a further examination of uh, Rooster Sun and him. Really? Yeah, that yeah. might be interesting. Yes, I mean it's, might. Might. Yes. I'm saying it's going to all depend on the script. Yes. I mean, he's just got, you know, he can do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, he Tom, sure can. Tom Cruise and, and probably, I would say, Brad Pitt mm-hmm. are of the last movie stars, I would I say. I loved Bullet Train. What's well, not to love about that film? That it's a, was just it's so much fun. For the top action <laughs> flick. It's, it, it was, was great. And he was great in it. And then doing the piece with Sandra Bullock in that it was, was nice. even better. You know, and he had done a little bit in her movie, so she came and did a little bit in his movie. You know, uh, he was in the... Um, Oh, I, you know, she played the author, and he did a cameo yeah. on that film from back in the spring. Right. Uh, that was cool. So I'm glad they kind of reciprocated. How about Ryan Reynolds did a cameo that went like that yes. in that movie? Yes. Yeah, yes. it was great as yes. well. But, I, I mean, and I, I think you would agree. I don't know another name that people would want to throw out there. But when you're talking about just the last, what would be considered a true movie star. Yeah got to be tom cruise and, and brad pitt and they both are right there yes and those two names alone can can open a picture i mean they can open a motion picture i mean you you know I, it's not that i don't like the rock or you know yeah. some of some of them I, it's not that i don't like that it's just they're not of that caliber well rock showed that with black adam he's he, he's it's doing all right but yes. it's not doing what they thought well I, you know i, I mean I, I think part of that is is making that somewhat of a dramatic take on that it's and dark that's, that's not him you know he's more of a feel-good fun yeah, guy it's a dark some comedy movie. in there some action that's kind of a dramatic take on that i don't really know why the director went in that direction with a comic book movie but i think the rock is a little serious in that film well you know? i mean look i d- look I, at the difference between that and shazam shazam I, is a straight up cotton candy flick you know yeah it's, when's, it's when's two coming out next that, year yeah they, they, they bumped into 2023 yeah I'm looking forward to that. I, I thought it was kind of interesting. I wasn't expecting in, in Black Adam that they were going to say Shazam. That well, kinda, at some point, that those, was interesting. those two are going to be in a movie together at yes, some they point. Are. I don't know when that's coming. But Black Adam and Shazam will be in a movie together. The new operation at Warner Brothers has it together. Um, you know, they've just got some serious theatrical chops on what's going on. They are setting up a division now that is strictly D.C., 
They're going to house DC in this division of Warner Brothers Studios, just like Marvel. They're they are going the to do Marvel. They are going to do what Marvel has done. That's going to be a specialty division of Warner Brothers Studios. Makes sense. They're going to do it right. Um, the DC Comics is going to improve. You've got a studio head now that understands theatrical and the theatrical mm-hmm. releasing of motion pictures. And, you know, all those clowns that were there in 2020, and they're gone. <laughs> 2021, they're gone. You know, I mean. Well, they were losing money. Billions, they were, yeah, they were billions. arterially billions, bleeding out. Billions. Yeah. Yeah. And so they spun the company off, and uh, it was bought, and now it's its own st- studio entity. And. AT&T is gone, and the clowns that work there are gone, and it's back to doing what it should do. And, I mean, you can you can look at, uh, well, look at the success of DC Super Pets or mm. Black Adam, number one at the box that office. Super Pets cartoon. Batman was great. Ex- oh, yes. Yes. If, Absolutely. If, yes. Warner has, had a, Warner has had a decent year in, in 2022, and they'll be back full strength 2023. I hope when they do the next Batman, though, that they do shoot it a little brighter. That's true. That's true. I thought it was a little too dark as far as that's true on screen. That's true. I agree. I agree. It 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 was. Uh, I think they were they were they were battling with with Game of Thrones for how dark could you shoot a picture. Well, I, I mean, you know, just everything can happen at night, man. That's right. <laughs> you know, I mean, Batman does come out when the sun's up. Yes, He's not does. Dracula. Okay. I, agree. I, I like to see Batman in the sunshine a little bit. Yeah, okay. I agree. That that was the whole deal with that movie. Too 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 many night scenes and too much rain and you know it, 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 there, there's got to be some scene put him in the park with his girlfriend or something yeah. i don't know let him pet a dog i mean something and in the when daytime. they do the next wonder woman get back to the seriousness of it yes that's true yeah that that, that whole reshoot and and a little too campy there and then throwing in the little fireworks thing which yeah. was totally off base <laughs> and then changing the ending and you know i i just don't I don't know um, why some of this stuff happens the way it does. I think it's a lot of cronyism. That was her first misstep as director. Okay. Jenkins' yeah. misstep. That's I, what it was. She'll come back and she'll she'll correct it. But I think that was being pressured by the dummies that were there, there. in 2020 and 2021 to do that. I think a lot of that was forced on that director. I mean, I'll never forget seeing Wonder Woman, the first one, right. when she's running across no man's land in World War One. Right. What a scene that is. That's just incredible. All right, quick uh, quick break. Uh, 19 minutes after 9 here on Dave Ellswick Show. Matt Smith is in the house. It's always great to have him in the house. One thing to have him on the phone. But when he's here. He brings all of his excitement and all of his, uh, you know, electric uh, electricity into the studio, and it's always fun to have him here. Hey, don't uh, forget about Pat Davis, your health plan man, and his powerful team that's working for him. I mean, it's Pat, it's Josh, his son, it's Corey, his son-in-law, and they're going to just treat you better in getting you your health insurance. They custom-build health plans that fit you like a glove. No government-controlled subsidies needed that are crazy and ultimately are going to have to go away. Private health plans that pay you to go to the doctor. When to for, last time you heard that, you never heard that. They pay you to go to the doctor uh, and are crazy uh, and, and are available all year round. Uh, middlemen rob you of money. They just rob you of money, and they're not in any of their plans. Let me give you a question. Here's what what I'm talking about. Your Blue Cross 
or Ambetter or United Healthcare, etc., uh, is billed a hundred thousand dollars for a procedure that only costs ten thousand dollars. You pay the deductible and the extra out of pocket, and that means you're getting ripped off. Uh, it happens every day. Five hundred dollar cash pay procedures get billed out at ten thousand dollars and more, and you pay thousands that are not necessary. So give your health plan man team a call. Give them a chance. You know, I'm just going to say it. You need to do it. If you want to save money, you'll do this and and do it with these folks. They can help you and teach you how to stop getting ripped off by the health care system. Call or text them, 501-605-6935. They're local. Again, 501-605-6935. Or just uh, hit them on the internet at yourhealthplanman.com. Back with you yep. here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We were talking politics during the break. No, not us. <laughs> not us. <laughs> we were talking politics. What no. can I say? All right. Matt Smith is here. You know, you're looking at the uh, the VIP cinemas. Yes. You're looking at Riverdale 10. I mean, he's all the way up in Batesville now. Yes, sir. Now I've, I've got. Are a, you looking at other places still? I, I'm always looking. I know. I'm always looking. I, I got. I got two deals cooking that may come to fruition. They would be big deals. Oh, cool. But yes, I'm always looking. Um, I've got to throw this out here though before we talk about that. Now I've got a new program started that I'm doing for faith-based motion pictures. Okay. Good. This is at all five locations. Uh, I have set this up with Fathom Events. Okay, uh-huh. and we are we are doing them all. Uh, just this past week, we played First Responders. Okay, uh, which is a movie about uh, police officers, firefighters, um, EMTs. But we have all the faith-based films coming. Uh, we've got a film called "I Heard the Bells." Um, we have the Chosen uh, that is coming up. Uh, we have now. Fi- is, is that the one that was started by the people the chosen yes it's about uh, jesus picking his disciples right we'll have the chosen on from november 18th through november 22nd um we have five thousand blankets we have i heard the bells we have uh, johnny cash uh, oh that's going to be a great movie all of those coming up from uh, fathom events and uh basically we've got uh faith-based motion pictures uh happening uh, every week, uh, we have um, it's Christmas again. Uh, also, another faith-based motion picture that is coming up uh, November the 29th. But this is from Fathom Events. The tickets are on sale at all the theater websites um, at this time. The um, let's see here five uh, five thousand blankets is December 12 and December 13. Okay. That's 5,000 Blankets. And uh, It's Christmas Again is November 29th. I Heard the Bells is December 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. And Johnny Cash is December 5th, 6th, and 7th. Did I tell you about my interview with Johnny Cash? You have. Uh, this talks about Johnny Cash, the redemption of an American icon. We talked about that, he and, and I did. Yes. We talked about faith when I was Coming with him. Coming Christian, and yes. Yeah, he was. He was. This was after he had crawled in that cave when he was high on amphetamines all the time, and went so far back that he couldn't see any light. And uh, God talked to him. He'll tell you. He would have told you if he's still alive. He told you this. And uh, he turned around, and 
he didn't know where the heck he was. And he started crawling. And all of a sudden, he saw a pinpoint of light. He got to the mouth of the cave, and two of his friends were waiting for him there. Well, this is now a focus for us. All five locations, faith-based motion pictures every week. The Chosen starts Friday, November 18th. We'll have It's Christmas again, Tuesday, November 29th. I Heard the Bells starts Thursday, December 1st. And then Johnny Cash starts Tuesday, December 6th, and 5,000 I will be blankets. there to see that. I'll December, definitely be December there to 12th, see the Johnny December Cash 13th. movie. So go to the website. Just check them out, Riverdale10.com. But it's happening. Fathom Events, all the faith-based motion pictures. we got one every week that's new at all five locations. Fantastic. Cabot, Hot Springs, Little Rock. It's, it's been a long time coming, but I was finally able to crack the code. <laughs> so we are in there. It's been something we wanted to do for a long time. Well, then I need to come over and talk to you, and we need to do something with the faith-based films. We really do here for this this show and the station and we'll we'll work hand in hand with you on that these are all pg there's a couple of the pg-13 because they're just kind of getting into the redemption and you know it's like the johnny cash you know just some of his struggles and things like that but like five thousand blankets is about um a mom and her son uh starting a charity to get five thousand blankets of five thousand homeless people in their city it's true story it's based on a book uh, that she put out, uh, you know. Obviously, Johnny Cash is a true story. I heard the bells is a true story. It's about writing, you know, songs for Christmas and things cool. like that. And you know, it's a preacher who did that. So, yeah, just, you want to check those out. All right, we got to get a break in. Let's find out what's happening in the news quickly, and then we'll come back and uh, we got another half hour to talk with Matt Smith. We'll tell you what's coming up in the fall and in the winter here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Dave Ellswick Show. Matt Smith is here. He is the grand potentate of the uh, VIP cinemas across central Arkansas and, of course, Riverdale 10. And that's where I – well, no, I didn't meet him there. I met, I met him at the old Market Street Cinema Woo! is where we got together Back at. Back in the day. That's where we used to do the classic movie at. We started there, and uh, now we've moved up. Man, we're Riverdale 10. Like the Jeffersons, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good place, good place to be. Uh Matt, let's talk about the bucket, because everybody was asking when they're coming, when they're coming, yes. when they're coming. I've got mine now. You're selling them now. Yes, we have the 2023 bucket, and they went on sale back in July. And you buy the 2023 Theater Group, Inc. free popcorn bucket. You buy that bucket, and it's good for now through the last day of 2023. So you've got 14, 15 months to use it. And you can refill that big 200-ounce bucket for just $5 anytime you come to the movies. But on Wednesday... If you buy a movie ticket, you get unlimited popcorn. It's like the popcorn buffet. Yeah. Bring that bucket in on Wednesday and buy a movie ticket and eat popcorn all night. And, hey, before you leave, fill that up and take some home with you. That's what you need to do. It's a free popcorn bucket. That bucket is good at all five Arkansas locations. So be sure to check that out. Be sure to pick that up. And, of course, we feature luxury leather electric recliners with tables and reserved seating at all five locations. And, of course, we are serving beer and wine at the Riverdale 10 in Little Rock, the Cabot 8 VIP Cinema in Cabot, and the Hot Springs 8 VIP Cinema in Hot Springs. Be sure to check that out. And uh, we are finishing up our uh, remodel there in Cabot. We have put in a new um, concession stand, new kitchen, uh, new bar, 
uh, all new lighting, uh, new paint, and we'll be reworking the floors and the carpet and the tile soon as well, uh, as well as finishing up our restroom remodel. So that's in process there in Cabot. And then in Searcy, we put in a new parking lot, uh, all new outside lights and signs, uh, all new neon poster cases there, parking lot lights in Searcy, and we remodeled the restrooms. Uh, next step in Searcy will be the floors and the lobby and concession stand. And look, I remember when you were applying to the city of Cabot to be able to sell uh, beer and wine about four years ago, and I went and testified in front of the city council that I thought that you were a great citizen and you did not have any problem with that, and they they haven't, and I want you to you tell the story. You just told well, me. Well, you know, we've been serving alcohol in Little Rock for 22 years. Uh, we've been serving alcohol in Hot Springs for 12 years. Uh, we've been serving in Cabot now for five years. But, you know, I have a rule. If someone under 21 asks for alcohol, you refund their movie ticket, you make them leave, and you ban them from the facility. They can't come back because our number one goal every day is not to serve to a minor. Right. So we had uh, someone uh, try that was 20 years old try to purchase alcohol in Cabot, and we refunded their money and told them to get out and to never come back. They were banned from the facility, mm-hmm. and they were sent in undercover by the alcohol beverage control. Yeah. <laughs> so, you so, didn't know that. Of course not. We didn't know that. I didn't know till the till they called me and told me. And I was like, well, yeah, you know, that's our policy. I mean, we're... We are simply trying to serve beer to someone that is 21 or older and can legally have a beer while they eat and pizza or some chicken And when you stood in front of the city council, you told them that. Yes, that yes. That's what you would do, and yes. you followed through with that. Yes, it is a very small segment, a very, very, very small segment of what we do. We're just trying to offer that to the patrons that are interested you know we sell more movie tickets than anything else Uh, our second best seller is popcorn uh then soda uh then bottled water then candy okay then nachos then hot dogs right then then chicken tenders then pizza you know we we sell um, beer and wine is is the least thing we sell it's right. it's the smallest percentage of our sales it's just a little bit there's a few people that are interested it's something we want to provide to them just simply trying to reach out and satisfy those customers in cabot that it asked us to do that because they knew we did it in little rock and hot springs and right. so some people are interested, and some people just, you know, they, they, they want to have a beer and eat a pizza and watch Top Gun, and they don't want to have to drive to Little Rock to do that. So i got to ask you a question. Yes. Your popcorn yes. at your theaters is the best popcorn at any movie theater I've ever eaten. Uh, now, have you been putting crack on it? Is that, <laughs> is that what it is? Because I, one bucket is just not enough for me. I have my secret little formula that we do, right? We start with coconut oil, uh-huh. okay? Then we have this flavor called salt, but then we sew some butter in during the popping process. Ah, okay. Okay, so I, I don't know how that changes the flavor, but it does. Oh, it's good. So that's my, you know, throwback to, you know, 40 years ago when I started in the biz doing that. And and that's the key. And, and you know, I, I think there are some places that don't use coconut oil. When that's they cook, foolish. Yes. When they cook the popcorn, I, th- I think that's a mistake. Um, 
there is a health kick out there, and I get that, but nobody going to the cinema to eat popcorn is on a health kick. Yeah, that's like if you go to state fair, you're not going to eat health food. So I I don't understand the, and there are theaters that do it, they do not use coconut oil. And and that does not make any sense to me. Yeah. That's like the number one thing to cook some popcorn. You've got to have the right kernels because you want something that's fluff. Yeah. But to get Boy, that it's good. to get that flavor, you've got to have the coconut oil. You got to have the flavor called salt. There's no other salt substitute. Now we do sell some salt where you can come in later, and if you want to throw on parmesan or some kind of garlic deal or something. I some, just took the popcorn salt. We got about oh, ten different good. flavors that you can add to it, yes. right? But to start, to have the perfect patch of popcorn, you've got to have the flavor call, and you've got to have the coconut oil. You've got to have those two things. Let me just tell you, it's the best popcorn I've eaten. And and I've – Matt will tell you, I have quizzed him many times (laughs) about what he does with his uh, popcorn, and I've tried to replicate it at home, and I cannot. You've got to have that big kettle. It it, it just doesn't work on a smaller scale. You know? It's good. You've got to have that big kettle. And then – I hate him because they make they make the, the people that are at the concession stand start a new thing of popcorn as soon as the other one is dumped out. So yes. that smell is there, and I've yes. made up my mind. I'm not going to have popcorn tonight, and I walk in, and it hits me <laughs> right between the eyes. It's a great smell, and I always get a bucket of popcorn. Well, when the customer comes in, I want them to see, hear, and smell that popcorn coming out of that kettle because I want them to know we just made it. Mm-hmm. There are theaters out there. To bag it up. There are theaters out there. Man, I, I work for Lowe's, and I work for Showcase, mm-hmm. and I work for United Artists. They, on Sunday, they'd pop all their popcorn and bag it up in big trash bags. Oh, that's amazing. And store it upstairs, store it upstairs in the projection booth, and then they'd bring it down when they got ready to open and throw it in a popcorn warmer. And that's what they sold for seven days. Yes, that's that's what they did at Lowe's. I mean, and 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 it was Sony Theaters before it was Lowe's. But they did that mm-hmm. at Lowe's. They did that at United Artists. They did it at Showcase. Yeah, it it it. Yes, it's just not you know. It's not your popcorn. I'll tell you that. It no no. I I, I, I just I couldn't believe it. I was it's shocked. Not. I was like, oh wow, this is crazy. But yeah, they had one dude. That's what he did. Did popcorn. <laughs> yes. All right. With that all said, I promised everybody we talk about fall and into uh, oh, Christmas yes. time. Let's do that when we come back. Final break here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Matt Smith in the house today. On the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. We're coming back. All right. Let's 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 talk about, I'll just do fall right now. That that takes us up, I would say, fall is till November. Is that right? Okay. All right. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, if you're talking about those, those movies, then we haven't even circled back to them yet, really, about uh, the awards-nominated motion pictures. We haven't really mm-hmm. got to that. Now, you can go to Riverdale10.com, and you can catch all of these movies. Uh, that are award contenders. I haven't mentioned these. Okay. Uh, you can take a look at Till, and Till opens today at Riverdale 10. Uh, that is definitely uh, a film that will get Oscar nominations. You can see the review of that in today's Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Got a great review uh, today. Uh, and, of course, um, Till is based on a true story, and it is PG-13, and it stars um, Haley Bennett, and it is set in 1955 in Mississippi. It's about Emmett Till. Riverdale, oh, okay. Riverdale10.com. Uh, and then you've got Tar, uh, which stars Kate Blanchett, Nina. I'm interested in this movie. Nina Haas. Uh, it is rated R. And it is about a world-renowned musician just days away from recording the symphony that will take her to heights 
of her formidable career. That is also an Oscar bait motion picture that is also playing at Riverdale 10 this weekend, Riverdale10.com. And then we have Triangle of Sadness. And Triangle of Sadness is uh, rated R, and it is from Neon Films. It is also an award-contending film with Harris Dickinson. Uh, models Carl and Yaya are invited for a luxury cruise with a rogues gallery of super-rich passengers. At first, all appears Instagrammable, but the cruise ends catastrophically, and the mm. group find themselves marooned on a desert island. Oh, good grief. So if you are looking for awards films, and these, <laughs> these three films will definitely be in the Oscar consideration this fall, Till, PG-13, Tar, R, and Triangle of Sadness, R. You can catch those three this weekend at Riverdale 10. Uh, all three got wonderful reviews today in the... Um, Democrat Gazette, like 89s and 90s. I am a 90s. huge fan of Kate Blanchett. Yes, yes. And, She's you know, a fantastic actress. Yes. And you mentioned Don't Worry, Darling. That's still playing at Riverdale 10. Not doing well at the box office. Uh, you know, it's uh, older now, but we've still got it on, and it is an award-contending film. Yeah. And I would say as far as box office goes, you're not going to get a lot of box office out of Till or Tar. Mm-hmm. But the award-winning uh, award-winning Oscar and Golden Globe films usually don't generate a lot of box That's office. That's true. They are out there looking for the statues. That's the artiste. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, of course, uh, we, still have ha- we still have Halloween Ends, mm-hmm. Lyle Lyle Crocodile, Smile, Ticket to Paradise, Pray for the Devil's New Today, and of course the Rocky Horror Picture Show, yeah. and then the number one film in the country, Black Adam. So at Riverdale, we've got a mix for you. You know, we've got that's good. Uh, that's what you want. We've got six straight up, have a good time, popcorn, uh, and soda pop movies, and we've got four movies that are in serious contention for awards this fall. Okay, Riverdale's going to be up for best actress, so yes. I'll, I'll definitely want to see how she does in this. Movie. Yes, absolutely. So that'll be good. All right, winter time. Yes. And it's cold outside. The weather sucks. You want to go in, have some hot popcorn, and enjoy yourself watching a movie. What do we got? We can talk about what's coming up. And, uh, you know, these are some films I want people to uh, anticipate as we get into November. Okay. Uh, the first the first Friday in November, we'll have uh, One Red Film, which is a Japanese animation movie from Crunchyroll. That comes out the first Friday in November. Let's not forget, November 8th, we have our classic movie, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. That's the greatest Thanksgiving movie you can ever show. Tuesday, November 8th, 7 p.m. Tickets are only 5 bucks. They're on sale now at, at Riverdale10.com. Then, of course, uh, November the 10th, we have Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever, mm-hmm. which will be a huge motion picture. Uh, then, uh, as we get to November... The fourth, we also need to talk about Armageddon Time with Anne Hathaway and Anthony Hopkins. Armageddon Time is November 4th. Anthony Hopkins. Yes, and that film will be an awards contender for sure. That's November 4th at Riverdale 10, Riverdale10.com, Armageddon Time. And then The Banshees of Insurance starts November the 4th. There was a great review for that movie in the Democrat Gazette last weekend. Philip Martin called it the best movie of the year. That starts November 4th at Riverdale 10. It's from Fox Searchlight Pictures. Is it about Irish? 
Yes. Okay. I had to go with the Banshee. Yes. Riverdale10.com. Then you can see she said on November the 18th, and that is the uh, downfall of Harvey Weinstein. Oh, Lord. She said November 18th. Okay. And, of course, we have The Chosen about Jesus picking his disciples. I want to see that. That starts November 18th. Also, November 18th is The Menu. And The Menu has um, Ralph Fiennes and... um, it is a take on luxury and kind of I would say I would say a um, somewhat of a scary psychological thriller with the oh, menu. Very cool. November eighteenth, yes. That's November eighteenth as well. So there's some there's some variety for you at Thanksgiving. Uh, November twenty third, bones and all from UA MGM Pictures. Thanksgiving movie. Yes, bones and all. And also on November 23rd is Devotion. And Devotion is about a squadron of fighter pilots uh, during the Korean War. That is out November 23rd. Hmm. Walt Disney Pictures has Strange World, November 23rd. PG, animated feature for the kids during the Thanksgiving break. Uh, Be sure to catch that November 23rd. And then, of course, um, we have Friday, December 2nd. Violent Night from Universal Pictures. It is a take on the uh, black Christmas story, <laughs> all right, and how they got to throw out kind of a black comedy action picture uh, at Christmas. Uh, you know, uh, Bad Santa was one. Uh, we've had others in is, that is genre. This, is this a, kind of a black comedy thing? You know, it's kind okay, of a, it's a black kind of a, comedy. Yes, yes. Okay, kind of right. a kind of a. Uh, uh, a team of elite mercenaries breaks into a wealthy family compound on Christmas Eve, taking everyone inside hostage. But the team isn't prepared for a surprise combatant on the ground. Oh, Lord. Okay. The surprise right. combatant is Santa Claus. Oh, okay. That should be <laughs> yes, good. It's, gonna, it's an a action, nice twist. It's action comedy. It's, it's, it's going to be a riot. It's uh, That's the first Friday in December. Uh, and I like when they do that, kind of an odd yet Christmas movie yeah. take. I like when they do those. Um, and then, of course, hey, I've just, I got to throw out there, of course, in December, uh, you got the new Puss in Boots movie, uh, PG from Universal Pictures, uh, going to be great for kids. That is out on the uh, 21st of December. And then the big boy, the bad one, the granddaddy of them all. Starts with an A. Avatar, The Way of Water <laughs> from James Cameron. The original cast returned. Sam Worthington, Kate Winslet, Sigourney Weaver, Cliff Curtis, Stephen Lang. It's out December the 16th. Clear the decks, man. That thing is going to rock. Whew. That'll be on more than one screen. I can oh, guarantee yeah. it. Oh, yeah. That that thing's going to rock. I mean, Black Panther are going three screens, and, and I would say that Avatar is going to get three or four. It's, it's, it's going to be crazy, crazy busy. Let crazy me just busy. say about James Cameron. He is the biggest a-hole around. I mean, he really, really is. But, but, he's a genius. I mean, nobody nobody believed in uh, Titanic. Nobody believed in Avatar. I mean, nobody believed in these movies. I, you know, and, and they're they're nobody just, thought he could make Avatar, so he developed a technology to make his own movie. They're just iconic motion pictures, and he is. I, you know, I would say James Cameron and Martin Scorsese are to directing what Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise are to acting. I mean, I will say James Cameron to movie them is what Cecil D. DeMille was to movie them. When you're talking about a, a popcorn movie with universal worldwide appeal, yes, sir, you are correct. 
I mean, there's no doubt they they don't let anything get in their way no. of their vision. And 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 you know, right up there with that would be Spielberg. Yeah, you know, no, Spielberg. Spielberg's there. Spielberg's got a film coming out called The Fablemans. I want to see that November twenty third. Yeah, that looks good. It's kind of about his childhood. Yeah, I look, it'd be better than West Side Story remake. I'm sorry, I didn't like it. Uh, you know that I, you and I have discussed this before, and I, I think there's you know some films out there that kind of push a political agenda. I think it's stupid. People aren't going to the movies yeah. to see the news, man. I agree. You and I definitely agree with that. News, man. We definitely agree with that. By the way, I got a minute here. Okay. In January, mm-hmm. what's what are we going to see that they 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 try to throw something out there that just blows everybody's socks off? Do you know anything that's coming? Are you talking about a coming soon movie? Yeah, twenty twenty. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. I thought you were talking about us playing the annual Gone with the Wind. Well, we're going to do that in January. I mean, <laughs> we play it every January. Sure. You know, I thought you were talking about that. You um, just mentioned a movie that I'm going to add to next year's list. Okay, okay. I'm a, a fugitive. Oh yeah, the Fugitive's a great film. We'll show that. Great, just show that again. That 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 train wreck is unbelievable. Yeah, Fugitive is a good motion picture. Um, you know, I'm trying to think. Uh, Margot Robbie is in Babylon. That's out January sixth. She um, has become a force yes, in movies. Yes, yes, that's out. And uh, Megan is uh, out January thirteenth. That's out there. Is that the one about the kid? The, the little the doll uses artificial intelligence yes. to develop a lifeline. That doll. is a creepy looking movie. Yes, that's out January thirteenth. I want to see yes, that movie. And and there's a uh, yeah. So, so I would say those two first the first weekend in January. That's like sure. go to the store and buy your own Terminator. I mean, yeah, that's kind of it's it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> that looks pretty cool. It really does. All right, that music says we're done, brother. Riverdale it, ten it went fast. Riverdale ten dot com. And Come see us. Remember, Hot Springs, Cabot, Searcy, Batesville, they've all got them. Go to one of those movie theaters. Go this weekend, enjoy a movie. And, uh, you know, just know that uh, uh, Matt Smith does it right. He runs those theaters right, and uh, you'll get your money's worth. You really do. All right. We'll take a break. we got more coming uh, on Monday. Monday, i got David Ray coming in to talk about uh, Issue 2. He and I will disagree, so that should be a fun hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show.